It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. It's Robert Bortuzzo against the Sharks' Jake Middleton. And everybody gets a ringside seat backing off. Middleton going after Bortuzzo, knocking him down with a right. Bortuzzo losing his balance. And so we have the first bout of the game. Three seconds into the first period. And a message has been sent for the rest of the evening. He was asking. That's about it. He wanted one early. Why did he want one early? Uh, I'd assume they, I think they lost four in a row, right? I think he was trying to motivate his team and doesn't exactly look good if someone on your team says no in a situation like that. So it just, it happened. Well, you know, I said it before the game, a team that was desperate, uh, losing four in a row. I thought they came out hard. I thought, you know, the difference in the game could have been us on, a, on our first few chances. I thought we, uh, you know, we had some good looks early on that we didn't capitalize on. And, uh, you know, and I thought that when we started getting back into the game and we were trading chances a little bit, we took a terrible penalty uh, 200 feet away from our net and they scored. It's one nothing. Now we're playing a little bit of catch up and, you know, it just seemed uh, we couldn't get a power play call. Um, you know, I was I was whining a little bit there because I'd had a three or four that I thought could have been a power play. We couldn't get one. And, uh, you know, it looked like we got worn down a little bit on the penalty kill and it's uh, just could never catch up, could never get uh, our game back on track. All right, good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope you are all having a nice morning so far, ready to turn the page and look forward to the San Jose Sharks coming home and getting back on home ice and playing in front of us all here in San Jose. I got to uh, I got to admit, I have, I have one reaction to everything that I've seen up to this point of the season. Well, actually, no, not just one reaction. I have multiple reactions, but I have one greater take and that the San Jose Sharks at 8-7-1 through 16 games just as a whole, if we look at that, if and I asked you, is that that far off of what you had as an expectation? I don't think any of us are going to say no. I don't think any of us are going to be overwhelmingly dismayed by the fact that the Sharks are a game over 500 and that they have a winning record through 16 games. In fact, I think that's rather positive. I think it's encouraging, and I think it's something that we should look at pretty positively given the fact that they have played now 10 out of 16 games on the road and six of those 16 games they were shorthanded due to a COVID outbreak so when I look at everything big picture right now seeing that the majority of the games have been played on the road and the Sharks had you know a large fraction of these games impacted by COVID shortcomings I don't feel terrible about them being eight seven and one on the year I also think that they've had a pretty tough schedule they've played a lot of good teams and that they put forth pretty much some good performances. I didn't love last night by any means, but I do look at what the Sharks were able to do last night, and I said to myself, okay, what am I watching right now? Am I watching a team that is defined by horrible hockey? No, I'm watching a team that looks pretty tired, 
that has had a lot up against them and they're playing like it. They're getting away from their game again. They're taking some bad penalties. They're not putting themselves in a great position and we are seeing the results of that. That said, what do I know about St. Louis? And what did Bob Bugner know about St. Louis going into that game? It was going to be a hornet's nest. It was going to be a difficult situation because they were coming off of far too many losses for them. And I would imagine something similar would happen if the Sharks were in that situation. But dropping the gloves right off the bat, trying to get themselves fired up, combined with the early goal that got waved off from Couture. Sharks are chasing a game on the road in a difficult environment against a very good team. And you wind up with a dis- disappointing loss. But... You know, the other thing out of that loss that I'm looking at, and it's so different compared to the past couple of years, is that Reimer absolutely kept them in that game. I mean, let's let's give credit where credit is due. If Reimer is not starting that game for the Sharks, they are in a, a much, much different situation, and they might be losing, you know, six-something, seven-something. That's a game that can get away from you, and I thought that he was just absolutely phenomenal, and for him... Uh, to make that many stops, 44 saves out of 48 shots when he was put in a terrible situation so many times. I don't think those goals are on him in the slightest. He was awesome. And I think that that is probably going to be one of those type of games where the Sharks probably feel that they owe him more. And when they come home on Saturday night against a really good Washington team, I think they're going to say, we got to be better. We got to back up our goalie more. I'm just imagining Reimer is getting to get the start. I don't have anything to base that on, but you see that type of performance and you know that if the Sharks had a better night offensively, they would have been able to do a little bit more and give him a little bit more support. Again, there's a lot going against the Sharks in that game. And I think that getting that type of performance from Reimer is is pretty awesome and indicative of where things can go this year. And I didn't have a problem with his game in the slightest. The four goals given up can be a little bit deceptive, uh, but the Sharks... They were tired, and that makes this upcoming four-game homestand all the more important, especially against some really good teams. I mean, it's not going to be very easy for the Sharks, but I do think that if they can take advantage of this homestand and win three out of four games, that's that's what I'm looking for. If the, listen, if the Sharks want to be better than last year, they can look at two and two. If the Sharks want to get into the playoffs this year, they have to be looking at three and one or four and zero oh on the on the homestand. And I know that some of you might not really know where you want the Sharks to be this year. Do you want them to be a playoff team? Do you want them to be you know not a playoff team and get a better draft pick and what we perceive as a fairly deep draft? I, I don't know. I mean, everybody's of a different mind to this, and I, I don't think there's a necessarily a wrong answer. But I do think that if we look at the two scenarios, not a playoff team team versus a playoff team. You know, you're going to have to look at three and one if you want to make the playoffs on a homestand like this coming off of a two and three uh, road trip. And the thing is, the two and three road trip doesn't really bother me that much considering most of the or the first couple of games of the road trip, you were battling with AHL players, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm not holding that against them. It's just not your normal team. Then you get your guys back in Denver where you're not clearly at the same fitness level that you need to be and you're at elevation. And you have a team that looked a little bit rough. Then you come back with a win. And then you come back with another performance that's not your best. But again, you take it into consideration being in a tough building against a good team that was coming in in desperate fashion. Now, the counter argument to that is where is the desperation from the Sharks? My answer to that counter argument is they're not desperate. They were 8-6-1 entering that game. That's better than they were a year ago, obviously. And I don't think the desperation was there for them the same way, combined with the fact that it was the last game of a five-game road trip. And they've, they, you know, they've been pretty gassed due to all the COVID stuff. So I think you have to take all those factors into consideration. I'm not trying to deny that in the slightest. That said, 
even though Kevin LeBanc, I thought, offensively played pretty decently last night, he can't take that penalty in that situation. You know, you can't get under a guy like that, take out his leg, and then suddenly go to the box and put your team in a bad place. It just can't happen. You, you can't have those performances happen, especially in a building like that. You can't give up bad penalties. And I think that combined with the way that it's been going for the Sharks with regards to them not drawing penalties, it's it puts them in a tough situation. If you can't go on the power play in, you know, two out of your last four games, that's not going to give yourself any chance to win. It's not going to be surprising that you only you know, win one of those last four games. But when you give St. Louis that many chances on the power play, they're very, very good this year, and you're going to give up one. I mean, it's not a definite, but you feel like they're going to break through. I think killing three out of four against a very good Blues team in their own house is still a mark to be proud of. It's just ultimately not good enough. And, you know, I didn't think the Sharks played terribly last night either. That's the other thing I'm walking away with, thinking to myself, it was not awful. It was not some sort of horrific performance. It was the Sharks gassed, tired at the end of a road trip and waiting for, you know, themselves to get back home. And I know that that might be a defeatist mentality for some of you, but, you know, as we've said earlier this year, this is not the sexy Sharks of, you know, the the Joe Pavelski, Joe Thornton, you know, primetime years. This is a different Sharks team that is still on the come in terms of where they are, in terms of what they identify as, and I'm not taking that out on Logan Couture. I'm not taking that out on Bob Bugner. I'm not taking that out on anything. You just have to look at the reality. This team is not that team that's going to win game five of a road trip before they come home. And I think that it was even harder for them to do so with everything that's been going on. That said, if they want to get to that point later on, then they need to start being more competitive in the fifth game of a road trip. And they need to start being able to take advantage of a desperate team. You know, if you're playing against a team like St. Louis that is in that desperation type position, then you need to use that against them. You need to draw penalties. You need to know that they're going to be coming at you buzzing. If what you have to do is just kind of kill things early on and just let them wear themselves out, then maybe that's what you got to do. You know, again, this is not my strategy. This is not my coaching, but I've seen this type of situation before where a team that is in that desperate situation will come out with too much fervor. They'll be a little bit more overzealous and you can use that to your advantage. You can, you know, catch them deep and then, you know, find a pass on the breakout. And th- I mean, there's, listen, there's a lot of ways you can go about that, but it's, it didn't happen last night. And for the Sharks, they've got to be thinking what they can do when they came home against Washington to maximize their performances and get good games coming up. I mean, let's look at this schedule. Saturday night against Washington, a very good team. Monday night against the Hurricanes, a good team. Wednesday night against the Senators, I hope it happens. We don't know that it will for sure, but we hope it happens. That's a winnable game. Friday night, the day after Thanksgiving, you're hosting Toronto. That's tough. You go back out on the road and you take on the Blackhawks after that, and that's a game I I think the Sharks should win. But again, tough schedule for the Sharks. But like I said, you are defined by how you do by your schedule. This is not rocket science, people. If the Sharks want to be a team that's competing for the playoffs, they're going to have to win about three out of these four games on the upcoming homestand. And you temper what you see on the road versus what you see at home because I think on the road, you see guys get a little bit more frustrated a little bit more quickly. You see the teams just kind of be a little bit more of the, well, they fluctuate on which end of the spectrum they are. Like the, the best teams, when they play at home, you expect to see the best versions of those teams versus a an inconsistent team like the Sharks, they're going to be inconsistent on the road. And I think that's what we've seen up to this point of the season. You had a 3-2 and two road trip and a 2-3 and three road trip. You're 500 on the road, 
over the course of this season. I don't have a problem with that at all, but what does that tell us? That's a 500 team on the road, which ultimately is not that far off from what you want to do. But what you have to be able to do on the other side is take advantage of what you get at home. That said, the Sharks have a tough task ahead of them. But the Sharks at 500 on the road, that's not, again, that's not out of line with expectations. And it's not out of line with their overall schedule right now of 8-7-1, which has been heavily tilted towards the road. Again, six home games, 10 games on the road. That is going to impact the schedule. And yeah, I know you've seen the Ducks and their hot start and they, you know, their their streak finally came to an end, but it's hard not to pay attention to what other teams are doing. By the way, Carolina was the one that cooled them off last night 2-1, so that just tells you that Carolina is a good team, and that was in Anaheim. But the Sharks, they are a product of what their schedule's been that thus far, and it's mostly been on the road. So I do think that if you get the Sharks home and give them an opportunity to have their full roster, the fans behind them, be in their own beds, have a little bit of normalcy, you do have a chance for them to have a better stretch here. But the other side of that argument is that they are an inconsistent team up to this point. They are one game above 500 because of their early four-game win streak to start the season, which isn't bad. That's not a problem at all. You ride those streaks to give you a little bit of breathing room. But we need to see from the Sharks now if they can turn it back up again, if they can try and be that same team that was able to get that streak early on. Because listen, streaks, if you overwhelmingly get them throughout the year on the win side, you're probably going to be a a, a playoff team. You know, you win one, you lose one, you win two, you lose two, you, you know, you go back and forth like that. That's not, you know, that's inconsistency. If you can tie together those win streaks, if you can put yourself in a good situation where you feel like you have momentum from one game to the next, you're going to be able to capitalize. You do that in a game. You, you roll momentum from one period to the next. You're going to capitalize. You're going to post wins. You know, the macro is the micro. And for the Sharks right now, it's one period is often different than the next. One penalty kill is similar to this next penalty kill. That's why they've been good on the kill. But the offense, the chance generation, where it's coming from one period to the next, it hasn't been consistent. I think we saw that last night. First period, Sharks were pretty good. Second period, you, you kind of felt like it was getting away from them. They weren't very connected. They weren't really finding each other. They were turning the puck over a lot, which, by the way, uh, you know, I'm sure that was driving Drew Remenda insane. But when you turn the puck over like that, when you don't control things, when you mismanage the puck, you put yourself in a bad situation. You can't put yourself in a bad situation when you're on the road. You can't put yourself in a bad situation when you are in a tough building. You can't put yourself in a tough situation when you're down. And the Sharks kept on doing that over and over and over and over again last night. When you see those mistakes being repeated like that, when you see them making the same issues for themselves over and over again, it A, is indicative of them getting away from their game. But B, I think it just showed there is mental fatigue. And, you know, I don't want to say there was quit from the team, but it was like they were ready for that road trip to be over. The pushback wasn't there, as Bob Bugner would call it, the grit, the sandpaper or the grit, you know, the resistance, that wasn't there. And listen, I'm okay with that because it's been a difficult stretch for the Sharks up to that point. And when you do have momentum swinging against you and you do have a Blues team that's buzzing around, you are going to feel that. But on the other side of it, are the Sharks going to come out on Saturday night and play with a controlled desperation? Are they going to play with a fire and a fury again in a controlled fashion that puts them in a position to win against a very good team? That's going to be the telling telling moment. You know, I think that, again, we've been looking at this Sharks schedule and we look at the ins and outs and we say what we're going to find. And up to this point, it's keeping their head above water in the midst of some difficult scheduling, a COVID outbreak, and a team that is still learning itself. 
They've done a good job at that. They're one game over 500, but you know, I want to see how they come out against Washington on Saturday night. I want to see if they're buzzing. I want to see if they are, you know, absolutely as capable as we know they can be. Because again, the inconsistency of the Sharks has defined this young season. They don't look the same from one game to the next. And I would hope they don't look the same as they did for the majority of last night's game on Saturday night. I hope they look a whole lot better. I hope that they replicate that performance that they put out there against the Wild. Because we know the Sharks team can beat good teams. We have seen them beat good teams up to this point of the year. The issue is that they are not doing it consistently. Now, qualifiers there are that they have not had a consistent roster and they've had a road-heavy schedule. Of course, you take those things into consideration, but everybody in the NHL has got to play everybody in the NHL, and you get 41 at home, and you get 41 on the road. So I'm not breaking any news to anyone. It's up to the Sharks to play their best game when they can. All right, we're going to take a bit of a break. On the other side, we are going to get into some of the post-game reactions after last night's loss against St. Louis. You are on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge-watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Yeah, I think uh, uh, we came in after the first. I think the chances five on five were seven three or seven four for us. Uh, like I said, we were doing some things well there. We just couldn't put one in. Uh, second period, we went. I think the last twelve minutes of the period, just uh, you know, without a chance. Um, so you know, we killed a couple early in the second period, and I think it took a little gas out of us. But uh, you know, um, yeah, I think once you're chasing the game a little bit and you get down, I think that you start opening up. And we had some turnovers tonight that were, uh, you know, that. You know, I know a few of our defensemen try to make, uh, you know, um, you know, high danger plays, and, and we try to put pucks through people on some some exits out of our zone. Got knocked down the other way, but uh, yeah, for the most part, it was you know our second period was bad. First period, I didn't mind at all. Just I, I think a bad penalty, you know, sort of set the tone for the game. That is Bob Bugner bringing us back in on a Friday morning. Yeah, referencing the second period in which the Sharks were outscored 2-1, to one, the long change taking its toll, and the Sharks found themselves on the wrong end of a 4-1 to one final against St. Louis, which could have been worse. Additionally, it could have been better. I don't think that was the worst game that the Sharks have played this year by any means. It just wasn't nearly good enough on the night against a Blues team that was bringing it. And for Bob Bugner overall, he's got to figure out how to rectify these problems that we are seeing. I mean, listen, we all know the second period is very, very important. All periods are important, but the second period provides unique challenges. Uh, let's hear what Kevin LeBanc had to say about that second period as well. You know, playing a simple, hard, heavy game. You know, we're uh, turning the puck over, neutral zone, ozone, defensive zone, and, uh, you know, that kind of, this team feeds off the rushes and, you know, and they're a hungry team, you know, they won uh, or they lost four in a row and they're looking for a win. So, and, uh, you know, I think that when uh, you get a team that's, you know, hungry uh, to get two points, you got to keep it simple, good, hard, defensive uh, hockey. What bothers me out of this is they knew exactly what they were getting into. Bob Bugner told them before the game, he said it to the media yesterday morning, he said they're going into a hornet's nest. And he was right. 
because he knew that the Blues would be buzzing. He knew that it was going to be a tough environment. He knew that it was going to be a tough task for his team. It just didn't seem to me like the team was mentally there to play the type of game that they needed to. And I'm not taking that out on Bob Bugner in the slightest. It just seemed to be that the team was a little bit too mistake prone and like they weren't mentally prepared for as many pucks as there were being challenged, as many, as many passes as there were being challenged, as many shots as there were being challenged. It looked like they were just a little bit more hesitant than the Blues. And you can't be hesitant in games like that. You need to be decisive. You need to play with conviction. You need to stick to your guns and you need to not make stupid mistakes. And the Sharks fell victim to all of those sins. And again, not the worst performance ever, but not good enough with what you needed on the night. Here's what Jake Middleton had to say about the loss and specifically the second period. Yeah, just gave up a lot of a lot of chances against. I mean, you, you said it yourself. We didn't play our best game at all, not our best road game either. Um, and we can't give up chances like that to a, to a team with that much firepower. Yeah, they gave up a lot of chances. They gave up too many shots. In fact, you know, 48 shots. That was the Blues' highest total of the year. Uh, what was Bob Bugner's opinion on how many shots they gave up last night? Absolutely. I think, uh, um, you know, again, I think some of that was self-inflicted. I think, uh, you know, some of it's because we tried to open up when we were down and, and uh, you, you know, trade chances. We lost our F3 sec- in the second period four or five times and gave them three on two. So you're not going to win hockey games doing that. And, uh, you know, our third guy was not necessarily out of position, but he dives in. As soon as you get your toes and you dive in because you're trying to play catch-up hockey, that's cheating in our book. And, 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 uh, and you know, it stings you. And we gave up a lot of opportunities. Our D beat us up the ice a, a bunch of times. Uh, our F1 and F2 got rolled in the corners, uh, um, you know, and, and our defensemen joining plays and it's three and twos, four and twos. You can't win a lot of games, especially road games like that. So um, it's a good lesson. Yeah, the hope just has to be now that the Sharks learn from that lesson, that they learn that they need to not make these mistakes and they see what they did wrong in this game against St. Louis and take it back out onto the road and be a better team next time around. But now... They're going back home, two and three on a road trip that was impacted by a COVID outbreak. What did Bob Bugner have to say about the entirety of this trip? Uh, well, you know, obviously uh, um, not being with the team in Calgary and Winnipeg, um, you know, every building we went into is, uh, you know, they're, they're a playoff team, as you, as you can say right now. And I think that, uh, um, you know, they're all good teams, tough buildings to win in. I think it's been nice to get a point or two out of here. We've been coming home over 500. Uh, but, you know, I mean, this this league, we don't have a lot of time. Our, our plane lands, we get one night, uh, um, you know, white night in bed here tomorrow night, a full night, and we're back out our Saturday against a real good team. So uh, we can't really dwell on this. I think that we have to uh, move forward and worry about Washington now, correct some of the things here tonight. And, um, you know, but it's a good lesson. It's a, it's a desperate team waiting on you. And, uh, um you know, and, and letting the game get away from us a little bit. And at this point, I can't figure out what's worse. You know, when the Sharks have lost games this year, it feels like games have gotten away from them. It's not like for the majority, it's been 3-3 late in the third and giving up a gut punch of a goal. They have been soundly defeated. And, you know, I, I don't know if that's better or worse. Maybe you would rather take the bad defeats as opposed to the, you know, crippling losses. I, I don't know. That That's, you know, you can get into that. That's a longer discussion. But it feels like there are two different versions of the Sharks that get back out there on the ice. There is the the good Sharks team that plays committed, that definitely plays a more conservative game, that is more cohesive, that makes the simpler moves throughout the course of the game, and they end up with a good result. 
There is the other Sharks team that plays a little bit looser, that plays a little bit opener, that goes for the home run plays, that is not as conservative, and they end up falling behind. And when they've fallen behind, except for you know a couple of games, they've not been able to get themselves back into it. But you identify exactly what the problem is, right? Like you see two different versions of the Sharks out there on the ice. And I think that what Bob Bugner needs to hammer home, and again, I assume he does, and I'm sure he does, is that even when they do get behind, they need to not get away from their game. They need to not chase the game. They just need to stick to their game plan. I think that's the, the hardest thing for athletes to understand in any sports is that even if your plan does not go according to plan early on, you still stick to it because that was your optimization of how to best utilize your assets on the ice and win the game. Because the game is not won in the first goal or the second goal. It's going to take more than that usually. And so the Sharks... In, in the way that they get away from their game when they do fall behind early, they're setting themselves up for a lack of success. And, you know, I think that that was one thing we saw against Winnipeg in the opening game is the Sharks were a little loose opening up that game. And then it sort of simplified a little bit and they were able to yield better result, results as they got deeper into the game. Now, you can make the argument that the Sharks missed on some really good looks early on last night. And yeah, if they had made those goals, it's a different scenario. But if they play loose... You've seen the other team get back into it. So that's another thing to pay attention to as well. But I think that you need to be able to have one of these wins, another one of these wins, I should say, where you fall behind early, where maybe your strategy doesn't go according to plan right off the bat, but that by sticking to that game plan, by sticking to your guns, you get yourself back into it and you give yourself a nice win. I think if you can get a couple of those, it'll go a long way in helping the team identify what they need to do going forward. Well, two two real good teams, obviously. I think it's just, uh, um, you know, just get back. I thought we played a really good game in Minnesota. Um, You know, get back to that uh, style a little more. Again, I I didn't hate our first period tonight. It's just, uh, you know, when we're, we're down we can't open up and we can't change we got to keep going and i think uh you know who knows what the start's going to be like against washington but we got to you know we got to try and stick to our identity as long as we can for 60 minutes and you're not gonna you know there's going to be uh, uh peaks and valleys of the game um it's just a matter of getting back to your foundation and uh you know i think tonight we got away from it and and that's what happens that's Bugner on what the Sharks need to do to get back on track against both Washington and Carolina, their next two home games, two very, very difficult opponents heading into uh, San Jose, or getting back to San Jose, I should say. It's not easy for the Sharks right now, and nothing is easy in the NHL. I think that's a pretty clear view of things. However, this is what the NHL is. You are constantly having to prove yourself, no, how, no matter how good you are, no matter how bad you are, no matter how inconsistent you are, you got to prove yourself game in, game out, and night in, night out. It goes for every single player. It goes for every single line. It goes for every single shift, every period. However you want to break it down, it's a constant game of proving yourself. And the one thing that I would like to see a little bit more is that some of the guys who were down with COVID, who had their AHL replacements come up and play, you know, kind of a... Uh, hair on fire type of game, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. And I'd like to see a little bit more pressure and like to see a little bit more of a of an effort to keep their jobs. You know, I don't, I'm not calling anyone out specifically. I just like that hair on fire mentality that we saw from the Sharks players that were called up from the AHL. And maybe that is because they did have to play with the hair on fire because it was overwhelming and they had to find the, a way to match the intensity and it was a little bit more reckless and a little bit more exhausting. But you know what? I like the effort. I like perceived effort out there on the ice. And I think that last night, again, it's the tired team at the end of a five-game road trip. You could see that the energy was waning. You could see that they did not have as much life to their legs. 
And that put themselves at a deficit. And that put themselves at a place where they were not going to be able to uh, give themselves a whole lot of help. And a big part of that is the fact that they're not drawing penalties, which is still very frustrating to me, but it's been something that we've consistently seen. Um, here is Kevin LeBanc talking about that. I thought there was plenty of plays that, you know, the refs could have made a call, but we got up to Boogie. You know, he's, uh, you know, he sees the game and he sees what what the refs should call it and he lets them know so it's unfortunate but you know it's uh we just got to keep battling and you know just chip it in and uh try and create some offense and then once when you get them running around in your diesel that's when they take penalties so yeah we just got to keep working hard uh, to get those penalties and those chances so again it's an instance of everyone knows what the problem is everybody knows what the issues are with the sharks it's a matter of rectifying those mistakes, staying committed to their game, and hopefully in front of a home audience, they will get a little bit more of a momentum swing in their direction that will also draw some penalties and put them on the power play and give themselves better chances to execute what they are trying to do. But again, when the Sharks get away from their game, it gets ugly. This is not a team that goes toe-to-toe with the opposition and takes a late goal to get beat in a good way. They're either good or they're bad. And that's a sign of the Sharks where they are right now. They are relatively inconsistent. And relatively inconsistent leaves you at a near 500 record, which is shocker where the Sharks are at near 500, 871. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's somewhere in the middle, but it is indicative of what the Sharks have been up to this point of the year. Again, mitigating factors, COVID outbreak, 10 out of 16 games on the road. I'm not denying that in the slightest. But I'm also not using it as an excuse. I am just citing it as the reality. For the Sharks, the reality now is they need to come home and they need to have good performances against good teams right off the bat. Again, the game against the Senators, you you hope things are going to be trending in the right direction for them with their COVID outbreak and that it does happen. We haven't heard any update, so I'm assuming it will. I just know things, you know, this is, (laughs) it's the middle of a pandemic. I'll say that much. But the Sharks, if they play their game, If they stay out of the box, if they do what they are supposed to do, they'll give themselves a good chance to win. If they don't play to their game, there's a good chance it's going to be a loss and it could be an ugly loss. So that takes us into Saturday night against the Caps at SAP Center. Sharks with a tough opponent, but I feel with the firepower to post a win. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will see you all on Sunday morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.